Greetings, people loved by God. God, welcome to worship uh, for all those who are here in the building, also for those who are listening or watching online today or listening a little later perhaps on KFUO. Welcome everybody to worship. Uh, today is a very special day in the church. This first Sunday in November is when we commemorate All Saints Day. It's a day that we celebrate the faith and the gifts of God given to those who have gone on before us and who have fought the good fight of faith and who now rest in the Savior's arms. On the altars, you can see our number of candles, and one candle will be lit for each loved one from our church family who has died in the Lord since last All Saints Day. As that candle is lit, as a name is read, also a bell will toll. Uh, there is also one additional candle there on the altar for other family or loved ones who may have not been part of, of the um, of Chapel of the Cross church family, but we nonetheless remember and we thank God for them and for their faith. A reminder for those who are listening or watching online, the bulletin for this service can be found on our website, chapelofthecross.org. You look under the resources tab and you will find that. Uh, also, you may give your offering to the Lord in his church through the Give tab on the homepage of the website. Just a couple of other announcements to share with you before we begin worship. We were blessed to have uh, Mike and Jean Miller from Day 3 Seeds here today leading our Bible class, as well as yesterday. We had a seed event here at chapel uh, yesterday morning, and uh, Mike is good enough to come and share just a few words with us this morning as well. Mike? Good morning. Well, Day 3 Seeds has been quite busy in the year 2021, despite all the struggles around COVID. We had international travel restrictions, which curtailed a lot of mission teams and missionaries from going overseas, which meant we weren't sending a lot of seed along with them. Plus, the economic changes and personal contact restrictions within many countries, including our own, has altered the former methods of teaching and distribution of our products and services. Plus, the social distancing requirements has restricted often the way people worked in those countries, closing down churches and markets and things like that. These troubles have not diminished the need for quality seed, but actually emphasized how important it really is, increasing the need. It has reminded us, though seed is small, Many times, hope comes in a small package. So briefly, I share with you a few things that were highlights for us. The pastors that work with us in places like the Philippines, in Uganda, Guatemala, whom we have been working with, teaching them many aspects of seed saving and, and gardening, have taken on a more active role in the teaching and training directly to the people they serve via the internet. By using the internet, an example is, is work among the Filipino people, 27 pastors on 27 different islands were taught via the internet and their tablet phones how to save their own seed of crucial vegetables that were important to their own diets. This is all coming about because of the classes that we had in the year before for the hosting missionary group. So using these email skills and tools teaching documents, we were able to reach out to many, many more people than we would have maybe just by a missionary team being there talking to a few. Now it's on the internet and thousands more have access to that information. But was that they share the gospel message 
in each one, in every one of their lesson plans. For me, as a farmer and a gardener, I like the idea that it was more sustainable, localized seed production and availability, leading to more seed security and food security into the future. Another highlight was the Widow Seed Project, which is in Uganda under the direction of Reverend Raymond Kaeja, who has been here before. And he engaged over 80 widows in the year 2020 and into 21 to produce okra seed. Collectively, they produced over 8,000 pounds of okra seed. And 2,000 pounds of that this past year was ground into okra coffee, and another 2,000 pounds was seed that was sent to the Kiriandango refugee camp in Uganda. Uh, this allowed them to have a good brew as well as to seed to grow for their future gardens. Another 2,000 pounds of that 8,000 has been distributed among other areas uh, in Uganda. At our campus in Bertrand, we have continued to plant things that are not normal to any of us in our gardens. We look at a lot of different vegetables from different parts of the world, learning and teaching how to save the seed for those things and different cultivation techniques, as well as food preservation techniques. We have a chapel of the cross once a month in this past six months doing a seed event, similar to what Pastor just mentioned from yesterday. And we have seen 15 to 20 people every time come and help us prepare seeds, harvest seeds, and as well as joining the fellowship, and most often, a good meal. Uh, and our efforts have been with smaller groups. And that's okay, as far as I'm concerned, because we can make better contact with people in smaller groups, having better conversation. And this is especially true for many of the people we work with. Just last evening, I got a report from uh, an interview done with Reverend James Odu, who's of the Lutheran Church, Uganda. And he also has been here in the past. But he shared with me, and I share with you, many of the widows that they have engaged in the Widow Seed Project before they were engaged had no hope. They were waiting for death because they saw no food coming from the ground and they had no other support mechanism. But once they planted that small first seed in their garden, hope came back because now they could see something growing. And after all, isn't that what we're all about? That seed of faith that was planted in each of us grows to a harvest. And that's what we're all about sharing. And I thank you for your support and your continued prayers. God bless you. Thank you very much, Mike. And uh, I encourage everybody to keep Mike and Jean and the important ministry of Day 3 Seeds in your, prayer, in your prayers. Our next seed event is, is this upcoming December, December 4th. So if you want to put that on your calendar, uh, please do that, December 4th at 10 a.m. here at chapel. One other announcement. Uh, hopefully you've noticed in the, in the commons area there's some Thanksgiving cards on the tables there. Those cards will be hand-delivered with a little uh, bag of goodies and some devotional materials to our homebound members by our life team. Uh, please take some time and, and sign those cards as we wish our homebound members a blessed Thanksgiving. God's blessings to you as we worship this day. We begin by singing together that opening hymn for all the saints as it's printed for you in your bulletin. And we stand to sing.
In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. We are made saints by the blood of Jesus. We acknowledge, however, that we remain sinners in thought, word, and deed. Let us then confess our sins with the saints around us and before our forgiving God. Holy God, you have called us to obey you in all things according to your commands. We have failed so very often to be obedient, even though you have set us apart to be holy. We have been sinful in our thoughts, words, and actions. We confess our sin and seek your cleansing forgiveness. Amen. Saints of God, know that even as we confess our sins, we are forgiven by our God who first called us to be holy. Almighty God in his mercy has given his son to die for you and for his sake forgives you all of your sins. As a called and ordained servant of Christ and by his authority, I therefore forgive you all of your sins. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us pray. Almighty and everlasting God, you knit together your faithful people of all times and places into one holy communion, the mystical body of your Son, Jesus Christ. Grant us so to follow your blessed saints in all virtuous and godly living, that together with them we may come to the unspeakable joys that you have prepared for those who love you. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated. The first reading is from the seventh chapter of Revelation. 
After this I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count, from every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne and in front of the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands. And they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. All the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures. They fell down on their faces before the throne and worshiped God, saying, Amen, praise, and glory, and wisdom, and thanks, and honor, and power, and strength be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Then one of the elders asked me, These in white robes, who are they, and where did they come from? I answered, Sir, you know. And he said, These are they who have come out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore, they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in the temple. And he who sits on the throne will spread his tent over them. Never again will they hunger. Never again will they thirst. The sun will not beat upon them, nor any scorching heat. For the Lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd. He will lead them to springs of living water, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks. Our psalm of the day is Psalm 149, and we speak it responsively. Praise the Lord. Sing to the Lord a new song, his praise in the assembly of the saints. Let him rejoice in their maker. Let the people of Zion be glad in their king. Let them praise his name with dancing and make music to him with tambourine and harp. For the Lord takes delight in his people. He crowns the humble with salvation. Let the saints rejoice in this honor and sing for joy on their beds. May the praise of God be in their mouths and a double-edged sword in their hands to inflict vengeance on the nations and punishment on the peoples, to bind their kings with fetters, their nobles with shackles of iron, to carry out the sentence written against them. This is the glory of all his saints. Praise the Lord. The second reading is from the third chapter of 1 John. How great is the love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called the children of God, and that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Dear friends, now we are children of God, and what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. 
Everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself, just as he is pure. This is the word of the Lord.
Please stand for the reading of the Holy Gospel. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the fifth chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Now when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and he sat down. His disciples came to him and he began to teach them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated.
Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God, our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. All right, here's the big question. Who in here, with a show of hands, is going to die someday? Okay, yeah, it looks like you all can hear me, and you all are well aware of the fact that, yes, you are going to die. It's true. Everyone in here will die someday. Some of us might go out to the sound of squealing tires and crashing metal as our car collides with another vehicle. Some of us will probably become short of breath, feel a pain in our back that tingles up into our neck, and then feel lightheaded and pass out from a heart attack. Others of us might go to sleep and just never wake up again. One way or another, though, each of us, each of you, is going to die. In his revelation, uh, John sees this glorious sight. Chinese, Taiwanese, Japanese, Malaysians, Americans. The list, you know, goes on and on. You probably never have seen, or may never see until the end of time, a group this diverse. But there are some familiar faces in this crowd. John looks out and he sees Peter and James, and over there is Paul. And then look, over there is Dolores Wilson, and Harold Scott is sitting in the back. Pastor Meyer has graciously sat in front where no one else was willing to sit. Bunny Neustadt is behind him, and Ted Vogel, maybe he's up there in the balcony. And we, we're here too. Look at us. We are clothed in robes of white, along with all of our loved ones who've ever died in the faith. And we're holding palm branches in our hands. And it sounds like everyone here is saying something. So why don't you turn in your bulletins to Revelation 7, because I think that we should join in with what they're saying. It's 7 verse 10. So I'll just wait a second while you turn there and warn you that this is not the last time we'll be using this verse. So, Revelation 7, verse 10. And they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne, and to the Lamb. Here we stand in the presence of God. This is what we've been waiting for, isn't it? The angels are all bowing down before the throne. Wow, 
What an awesome place this is. We've been rescued from death. We've been snatched out of the jaws of death. And that's why we're here now with all of our loved ones and with one another. Look around at all the people that you've had to say goodbye to. Look at all of our loved ones now before our eyes. And then come back for a moment to the present, to this broken world that we live in, where we've had to say those goodbyes. Because John wrote that this glorious crowd are the ones coming out of the great tribulation. What is he talking about there? What have we been rescued from? What is this great tribulation? Well, the world is filled with unbelievers, those who don't believe in Jesus Christ, those that have been conquered by the Antichrist. Around 30% of the world's population claims to be Christian, which doesn't really sound all that bad. I mean, it makes it the largest world religion, and things look even better when you look at the United States. About three-quarters of the adults in the United States claim to be Christian, which is down a little bit from the 81% that we had back in 2001, but that is still a very dominant part of the population. But that number is a bit misleading. Included in that number are Mormons, Jehovah's Witness, and other pseudo-Christian groups. And on top of this, a survey has found that over 60%, two-thirds of Christians think that God accepts the worship of all religions. Over 70% think that the smallest sins don't actually matter. And another 60%, another two-thirds think that eventually everyone goes to heaven. So as you can see, the Christianity that many Americans believe in is not the Christianity that has been handed down to us from Jesus and his disciples. In the back corner of a sweaty, cramped, wooden shack, a baby girl lies upon a pile of rags. She's so exhausted, she doesn't even have energy enough to cry at this point. So all that she can do is look out and observe her family as they go about their daily activities through her sunken eyes and out of her emaciated body. She's not alone, though. There are famines in Yemen and South Sudan that have been going on for years now. In Sudan alone, 100,000 young children are at risk, and a quarter of a million breastfeeding mothers are malnourished and unable to give their babies the nutrients they need. About 147,000 people die every day. The major killers are 
cardiovascular disease and different sorts of cancers. Death surrounds us. It permeates the air that we breathe. As I stand here, or have stood here talking to you in the last few minutes, hundreds of people have sucked in their last breaths. Hundreds more are drawing in their final few drops of oxygen. Every breath that you take brings you one breath closer to death. The world is also filled with the remains of those who have been killed for the gospel. In the past five years alone, 7,000 Nigerian Christians have been killed for their faith, often in very gruesome ways. As of 2016, Christians were targeted in 144 out of the 195 nations in the world. And two years ago, you might remember this, as they were celebrating the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ on Easter Day in Sri Lanka, three churches were ripped apart by explosions, and hundreds of men, women, and children were slaughtered, and hundreds more had life-changing injuries. These, and thousands, maybe even millions more, cry out to God, O Sovereign Lord, holy and true, how long before you will judge and avenge our blood on those who dwell on the earth? You see, these, these are the terrible things that John sees just before our passage. He sees the white rider on his horse, the Antichrist, going out and conquering the world, turning everyone he can away from Christ and into false religions. He sees the red horse and rider bringing war upon the earth, pushing people to kill one another. He sees the black horse and rider bringing hard times on the earth, bringing that famine, causing parents to be unable to feed themselves, let alone their children. And then he sees the altar, the altar with the souls of those who have been slain for the word of God underneath and crying out to God. These are the montage of death and suffering that John has flashed before his eyes. And then, then he is confronted with our reading. Then he looks out and he sees this mass of people who have been snatched out of this tribulation. He sees you and me standing before the throne of God, rescued from this mad, mad world. How is it then that we have been rescued from the madness? How has this happened? Well, let's look back at Revelation 7, verse 10. 
So if you can hear me, turn in your bulletins again to Revelation 7, verse 10, unless you've memorized it by this point, and we'll read together. And they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne, and to the Lamb. That's right. The Lamb of God, the one who takes away the sin of the world, he has rescued you through his precious blood. It gets even better, though. You might have noticed in our reading this weird phrase about God setting up his tent over us, that he's going to tent over us. And that's strange-sounding, for sure. But it's very important, and it is wonderful to hear that God is going to tent over us. I'm going to ask you a question now, so please respond. This is not rhetorical. What tent is there in the Old Testament that's very important, that goes around with the people of God as they're wandering through the wilderness? I think I heard someone whisper it. Tabernacle. Yes, that's right. The tabernacle, the tent where God dwells. But it's bigger than this because being invited into someone's tent in biblical times meant that they were promising to defend you and feed you, to take care of you. God is going to take care of us and dwell with us. That's what this tenting over us means. So you know all that famine that we talked about? Well, we don't have to worry about that anymore. For many people, water is a big issue. Finding clean drinking water is a daily struggle, but not in the presence of God. And you know what else God has promised? He's promised that we don't have to worry about the scorching heat of the sun. And actually, I don't think we have to worry about anything anymore, because the elder says in Revelation 7 that the Lamb, that one who offered up himself and gave his blood so that we could wash our robes white, that one is going to be our shepherd. Jesus Christ, our Savior, is going to be the one who oversees our care. He is going to guide us to springs of living water, just as we're promised in Psalm 23. And even better, he is going to wipe away every tear from our eyes. What better caretaker could we ask for than this? This is our Redeemer. He is our Rescuer. This is the one who has snatched us out of the Great Tribulation, who's taken us away from all the false religions, all the war, the famine, all the death, and the persecution of Christians. He has snatched us out of that. So, we get to dwell in God's tent now, and we get to be cared for by Jesus. What, I ask you, what could possibly be better than this? And this, this is why we will serve God day and night. 
how could we do anything else in light of what He's done for us? Now, I know it might sound boring to serve God day and night, but after these horrors that we have been rescued from, what else can we do? What else would you do in light of what He has done for you? This is the glorious celebration that we have been looking forward to at the end of time. But what about right now? You see, we are still here. We're still here on earth in the midst of all that famine, all that war, all that death and the persecution of Christians. We're still here. So why do we care that at the end of time, God is going to get rid of it all, that God's going to care for us then? Well, we care because that triumph is not simply something that's going to happen someday. It's already happened. We've already been washed in the blood of the Lamb, and that Lamb is already our shepherd. Yes, there are still horrible things that we will have to face in life, but we can face them, and we will face them knowing who is caring for us. Our shepherd has a glorious resting place that he is preparing for us, and we know that while we will suffer now for a little while, someday, not too far off, we will get to dwell with him in his tent with all other believers, all of our loved ones. So, one more time, let's rejoice using the words from Revelation 7, verse 10. And they cried out in a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. All right, now one more time, with as much gusto and as much volume as you can muster, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. Wow. Since we have washed our robes in the blood of this Lamb, making them white, we now look forward with eager expectation to this time we're going to be reunited with all of our loved ones. It's sort of like looking forward to going on a trip to see your parents or some other part of your family. But it's even better than that because this time we're going to be coming face to face with our Heavenly Father for the first time with our eyes wide open, not blinded by the things of this world. Amen. Would you please stand with me as we confess together our common faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed, page 10 in your bulletin. Together we confess, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. 
The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You may be seated as we gather our offering to the Lord. On this day that we commemorate all saints, we remember with thanksgiving those of our church family who have gone before us in the, with the sign of faith. They were created by God to offer him praise forever, redeemed by Jesus, God's Son, and filled with the Holy Spirit through baptism, where God gave them new life. They have been nourished in the company of his people through the Lord's Supper and the Word, and in his mercy, God has summoned them to his presence that they may continue in joyful service to him forever. We especially remember this day. Melvin Fazy, Dolores Wilson, 
Virginia Schmidt, Pastor Norm Meyer, Aida Pop, Marilyn Benoist, Harold Scott, Brittany Bermel, Frank Lehner, Dorothy Tonietto, Thelma Dunger, Marilyn Crowder, Joyce Widener, Bunny Neustadt, Selena Dietiker, Craig Bamer, Betty Freebersizer, Gerald Nieberding, Eleanor Noss, Marla Ackerman, Nancy Bruder, Joanne Steinbrook, Judith Sievert, Vicki Francis, Ted Vogel, Ilsa Hornig, Keith Landry, and Cheryl Bamer. St. John writes in Revelation chapter 14, Blessed are they that die in the Lord from now on, for they will rest from their labors, and their deeds will follow them. We pray. In joyful expectation for the resurrection of the body to life, we remember before you, O Lord, all those who have gone before us in the faith, whom we now pause to name in our hearts. We offer thanksgiving for the gift of faith, and we hold fast to the certainty of your promises. May their memory among us be blessed, and may we follow their footsteps of faith to your eternal presence in the heavenly kingdom. Amen. We stand for prayer. Let us pray for the whole people of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Heavenly Father, in that multitude of saints that no man can number are so many of our relatives and friends and members of our church. We thank you that they are with Jesus and that they will rise again on the last day. Until that joyous day of Christ's return, we join the multitude of saints in heaven and on earth in exclaiming again, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord Jesus, we have done nothing to deserve the title children of God, but that is what we are because of your work of salvation. We praise you for your love for us and for the washing that cleansed our robes and made them white in your blood. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord, as your saints living on this earth, help us to be among those whom Jesus called blessed in the Beatitudes. 
Teach us to be poor in spirit, meek and merciful. Motivate, motivate us to be peacemakers and give us courage to endure whatever persecution comes upon us as your disciples. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Heavenly Father, keep this nation under your care. Bless the leaders of our land that we may be a people at peace among ourselves and a blessing to the other nations of the earth. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for our church, for church workers and missionaries, lay leaders, and each of us assembled here, that we may do all that you have called us to do and to live to the praise of your glory. Bless especially the ministry of Mike and Jean Miller and Day Three Seeds as they work to feed the people of the world, both physically and spiritually. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Heavenly Physician, into your merciful hands, we commend all who are sick, injured, or infirm. Today, we especially remember Era Ellis, Lionel Ward, Lou Terry, and Butch Taylor as he recovers from surgery. We also pray for Sarah and others who were displaced and affected by an apartment fire yesterday. We ask that in your great mercy, you would grant patience and relief to those who are suffering, whether in body or soul or mind. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord of the church, we praise you upon the significant milestones of life being celebrated by your people, especially Judy, Julie Griffith and her family as they celebrate her 74th birthday. Continue to watch over her and give to her your gifts and your blessings. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend ourselves and all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us ever to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you his peace. Amen. We remain standing as we sing our recessional hymn, Thine the Amen, Thine the Praise. <laughs>